Thank you for listening to the podcast for Burlingame United Methodist Church, located in Burlingame, California. Each week, we will share a sermon by Reverend Ann Duncan. Thank you for joining us on our journey through the Bible. The first scripture reading today is from the last book in the Bible. I'm reading from Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 7. Listen to these words. Then I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, Jesus Christ, saying, Now the dwelling of God is with all people, and God will live with them. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Jesus Christ, who was seated on the throne, said, I am making everything new. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. The saints who overcome will inherit this water of life, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. May God add blessings to this reading. Amen. So last week, President Joe Biden warned that the world could face Armageddon. Perhaps you saw that on some of your news websites. He used the word Armageddon and said the world could face Armageddon if Russian leader Vladimir Putin used nuclear weapons in Ukraine. Political pundits said that was the most blunt a president had been in decades about nuclear conflict. These were the most candid remarks about nuclear war from a U.S. leader since the Cold War. As I shared two weeks ago in my first sermon on the book of Revelation, we do have much to fear in this world. We fear for ourselves, for our families, our community, our nation. We fear for our world. We fear illness and violence and death and more. Some of our fear revolves around how the world will end. What does Biden mean by that word, Armageddon? Last week, or two weeks ago, I mentioned in my sermon about some tabloids that we may see in the grocery store checkout line and how often they mention the end of the world. I did not find any this week. I looked. Maybe we've come from that. I don't know. But I've had some in my files. So I want to read a few of these 
headlines to you. Nostradamus end time prophecies. Shocking proof that Christ is about to return to earth. Omens that will herald final battle between good and evil. That's often what's understood by Armageddon. What happens when we die? This has never been revealed before. And I don't know, I think that might supposed to be Jesus right there. In this one, Bible prophecies link current events to second coming of Jesus. Holy scriptures foretell the Oklahoma City bombing, famine in Korea, earthquake in Iran, heaven's gate suicides, and much, much more. New prophecies from the Vatican's hidden vaults. And then... Top seers and prophecies predict in 2012, all final prophecies come true. Angels across U.S. herald the second coming. I was joking around with Tony and Tim before worship. They were looking at him. I said, I guess we could take some solace in knowing none of this really happened. This is from 1997. So, but it does make me wonder a little bit if President Biden, if these newspapers know something that we don't. How is the world going to end? When is the world going to end? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. In the first 20 chapter of the Apostle John's vision, which we call the Book of Revelation. The prophet John describes the decline of human society and the whole of creation. If you remember from two weeks ago, John was hiding out from his persecutors on the island of Patmos. Faced with severe persecution, Christians around the Roman world had begun to abandon Christianity and their faithfulness towards Jesus Christ. John believed that Christianity was on the verge of collapse. So he receives this vision and appealed to seven churches throughout Turkey. He mentions those four horsemen of the apocalypse that were ever present in that ancient Roman world. Violence, war, famine, and death. Violence, war, famine, and death is what John was experiencing all around him. And yet in the midst of all of that destruction, John had a vision that God is present and that God is ultimately powerful. John tells us clearly that God is with us in the darkness and fear. God's face is always turned toward us. God is present. God's face is turned toward us. And because God is with us, we have nothing to fear. How does John describe this everlasting love that God has for us? In the last two chapters of Revelation, the very final two chapters in our Bible, John reveals a beautiful vision. Vic read some of those first verses from that first of those two last chapters to us. And in this vision, John describes God in Christ with the heavenly forces destroying all evil. And then God recreates the cosmos. 
full of beauty and power beyond comparison. After 20 chapters of evil and chaos, we come to these final two chapters in which God's light shatters the darkness and the fear. John saw a new creation, a new heaven, and a new earth. If you remember all the way back in the very first book of the Bible, in Genesis, Adam and Eve had to leave the first creation of paradise after their disobedience. The forbidden fruit had been eaten. From that moment on, sin and death entered the world. Through human desire and to love ourselves more than God, we find ourselves in this cycle of sin and death. Throughout history, nothing people could do could reconcile themselves with God. But then God decided to start anew. And at the apex of history, God became flesh in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, through his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection, changed everything. People again saw the face of God and a glimpse of the kingdom of God that is here now and the kingdom that is to come. Even so, the kingdom of God, God's cre creation, this new creation, was not yet complete. We have experienced new life in Jesus Christ. We as followers of Christ have that taste of that new life. But as I share with the children, we still experience a broken world. We still experience that fear in our lives. And so ultimately, God and Jesus Christ will come again to make all things new and whole. When we pray the first Sunday of each month over the cup and the bread that sits here on the communion table, we say a phrase together. Christ has come. Sorry, let me, that's at the end. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Does that sound familiar to you? Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. God's new creation through Christ coming again is that focus of those last two chapters of Revelation. So I want to keep reading to you from Revelation. I want you to hear the beauty of what is being described by John. I found some art online from different artists. Jim's going to scroll through them. Or you can close your eyes and listen and imagine for yourself what John's description might look like. One of the angels came and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. The new Jerusalem shone with the glory of God, and the city's brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel. The new Jerusalem had a great high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on the foundation were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel measured the city with the golden rod and found it to be 1,400 miles in length and as wide and high as it is long. The wall was made of jasper, and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. 
The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of New Jerusalem was of pure gold. Simply put, God in Jesus Christ is going to create the most perfect and the most beautiful place for the saints of God. And even better, as we continue to read, we find out that all people of faith will get to come face to face with God. I, John, did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the city's temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives the city light. Nothing impure will enter the new Jerusalem. And then John finally sees the center of the new Jerusalem. And here I am now in the first verses of chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, and the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse of death. Do you remember what was in that original Garden of Eden? In addition to the plants and the animals and to Adam and Eve, there were two trees. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They ate from the wrong tree. And they were banished from the garden. John tells us in the new Jerusalem, God provides only the tree of life. And we are invited to eat the fruit of that tree and to live with God forever. Church of the Resurrection is a United Methodist Church in Leewood, Kansas. It has a beautiful stained glass window in the sanctuary. This window, it's one window, captures the beginning, the middle, and the end of the Bible. And what are the images that connect the beginning, the middle, and the end of the Bible? A garden and a tree. This first picture that you see there, and those of you at Zoom, I have linked to the whole photo for you. This first third of the picture is the Garden of Eden, the original paradise. And this tree is of the knowledge of good and evil. The bark is dark. The leaves are dying. They are withering. It's an image of humanity that struggles with suffering and with death and with sin. And then we go to the middle of the stained glass window. And it's a picture of Jesus Christ. We see a picture here of Jesus' resurrection, which took place in a garden. Behind Jesus is the cross, which was made from a tree. It is with this piece of wood and in this garden that God's saving and redeeming work is accomplished. The rest restoration of paradise has become. And finally, the last third of this window, this last picture is an image of the tree of life. The bark here is alive. The leaves are green. 
in the garden, paradise is restored and heaven and earth come together. The people who are gathered around are the saints of Christianity known throughout history. There you have a lion and a lamb at the bottom. The stained glass window represents God creating, redeeming, and restoring the world. It's at the very front of their sanctuary. John concluded his vision and revelation with a promise from Jesus Christ that he is the one who redeems and restores creation. Jesus Christ sits victoriously at the right hand of God and speaks the final words of the Bible. Behold, I, Jesus, am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what each person has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those saints that they may have the right to the tree of life and go through the gates of the new Jerusalem. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. Whoever is thirsty, let them come. And whoever wishes, let them take the free gift of the water of life. Jesus Christ, who testifies to these things, says, yes, I am coming soon. For the saints who know and love Jesus, we will live in this holy city where there's no darkness and no pain, no suffering and no death. But I want you also to hear today that this vision, this vision of hope is not just off in the future, but it is also present here and now. John's vision can inform how you and I live now, that Christ is already working to make things new. Christ is already bringing hope and healing to the world, and we get to be a part of it. There's a plaque under this window that reads these words. We believe Christians are called to participate in God's redemptive work in this world, to be champions for justice, advocates for those who cannot speak for themselves, and to do what we can to make earth more like the kingdom of heaven. God will ultimately end all suffering. But today, even today, God calls us to participate in this work of new creation. So what does that look like? How do we live our lives participating with God? First, we hold fast to God's promises and live our lives as the new people we are already becoming. When President Biden talks about Armageddon, we don't cower in fear. We know the ultimate end of the story. When we face illness and suffering and death, we hold fast to hope. When I fear for my own life or the life of my children or my family, I also say to myself, I know that we are in God's hands. Thus, John's vision calls us to inhabit this world in which we live with invigorated hope and with a fresh perspective. We know the end. We know God is with us. And because of that, there is hope. We know these promises, but we also need to share those promises with the people around us. I want you to join me at those upcoming children's events that you're reading about in the newsletter. This fall fest on the 30th, 
for this food truck party we're going to have for kids in this room in mid-November. All the families in Burlingame want hope for their children. And we can share that hope and God's love with them. I want you to come and paint a pumpkin with us on Friday night in this room. You get to hang out with me and Bud and Andrew back there. We get to have good conversation. We get to sit over a hot plate of food that Deanna and Judy are making for us this Friday night. We get to be in a community together. I want you to donate stuffing mix and cranberry sauce to feed families here in San Mateo County. Because when they come and receive their Thanksgiving box, our food will be in there. And they get to take that box home and make a warm, hot meal for their family on Thanksgiving Day. I want you to walk with me in two weeks on the crop walk. You can walk 0.5 miles if you want. We put our feet where our hearts are. and We help food insecurity here in our county and also around the world. These are good and important ways for us to be active with God in bringing about a new creation and bringing about God's kingdom here on earth. So what's the essential truth of John's revelation? Here's the end of my sermon. John reminds us that God is active in our world, bringing about healing and peace. God will triumph. Not death, not evil, not suffering, destruction, and fear. God will triumph. God's light and love will triumph. And what's more, God calls us to participate even now in the coming of this new creation, this new heaven, and this new earth. Here are the final words of the Bible. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. Amen.